Hey everyone, welcome to the Cup of Nurses podcast with your hosts, Peter Fendera and myself, Matt Slarczyk. This is a podcast where we take our current health news and hot nursing topics, one conversation at a time. Thank you guys for listening. If you find any value in this podcast, please give us a review, a follow, and a share. As always, you know how much it means to us and what it does to our podcast and everything else. As always, vlogs are out, podcasts are out. The company news episodes are rolling. This episode number 38. We're recording from Houston. We're actually on a mini vague case. We're doing our best trying to record. It's actually 2 a.m. right now. So it's about late. to be a nice late night show. And as you know, we have the foundation to fight for the forgotten. Our race is about five days out. I wish we're doing a lot more training. We're kind of out vlogging and doing a you know podcast out here. Food isn't helping the way we're eating, but we're doing what we're doing. I had some shin splints trying to practice running, I think, 15 miles last week. So that was interesting. It's okay. We'll get back to when we land in California. We'll be fine. We just have to run every day up until like Thursday. Exactly, man. How you doing this night, I should say? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing great. Still full from the food that we ate. Tank's barbecue is on point. We went to two barbecue restaurants so far, and they're they're both both fire. But in this episode, we're going to talk about the whole Governor Cuomo controversy, and we're going to also list a few other public figures that have lied to us or to Congress in the past, and we're going to also give you the usual COVID-19 update. So I'm not sure if you guys have heard, Governor Cuomo received an Emmy reward for his, his press conferences, his, his updates with the whole COVID-19 in New York. I think he released like 111 different briefings or, or conferences regarding COVID-19 during the whole pandemic. And he got a reward from that, from the Emmys, because it was, they viewed it as almost like a TV show. It literally was. Every was, single day he had an episode. Yep, every day it was an episode. And they literally said that, uh, that I'll read it from you. I'll read it word for word. Word for word from CNN. Well, this is NPR actually. So I have two articles, CNN and then NPR. So word for word, NPR said that the governor's 111 daily briefings worked so well because he effectively created television shows with characters, plot lines, and stories of success and failure. So this literally, these briefings, these conferences that he was giving about COVID-19, they were so good. It was almost like, like, like watching an actor perform. And as the tr- truth comes out, it was a bunch of bullshit. It was said that he underreported their nursing home deaths by 50% by not counting all the deaths that happened in the hospital. So he didn't count the deaths. If let's say somebody left nursing home and died in the hospital, he didn't count that as a nursing home death. Damn. So he underreported and made himself look better than all these other states. And if he needed help, I mean, we had the, the ship there that the military provided, that Trump provided for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. That was not used, it wasn't even occupied. We had all those extra resources, I believe even um, in Millennium Park, right there, the camps or whatever set up. So it's, it's crazy how he did not get any help, yet he was this hero during the whole COVID um, pandemic as a governor in New York. He literally lied. He literally covered up numbers, and now there's supposed to be an FBI investigation on why he did it, how did he do it, was it on purpose, was it an accident? And, I mean, clearly, there's no accident, I would say. He's the governor. He gets all of the correct numbers. He's got a whole team working on it. It's just something that they knew about and they just refused to report. Or they just reported it just to kind of make themselves look better than they actually are, which ended up happening because this is literally got a reward because people thought he was doing so good compared to like California and other democratic states. And so, well, he was just talking out of his ass. Yeah. And then this is also the guy that, 
you know, there was a pandemic in Italy. So they're comparing it constantly and what we're doing different and everything else. So, man, I don't have much to comment about it. Like, I'm just upset about, like, everything that's happening. Like, this whole episode that we're going to talk about, the public figures that's lying. I feel like there's constant lying to be done. Even about COVID itself, you know, like, just to kind of bounce off Cuomo. Like, from January 8th, right, there was 260K cases, new cases, as a seven-day average. By February 22nd, that seven-day average dropped to 76,000. So if you look at, if you do the math, that means, and this data is available on Google if you type in the seven-day average. It's not hidden, it's in plain sight. There was a 74.3% reduction in coronavirus cases this past month, from February to January. I don't know where. How come no one is covering the freaking great news? Mm. We should be rejoicing that, hey, we finally... 74 percent it seems like we kind of kind of fought the curve here a little bit mm-hmm. got flattened i feel like they're not talking about it because people are going to stop start asking questions and they're going to be asking the wrong questions like why is it should dip in numbers it's because they're probably underreporting it and they're not doing as much testing and yeah. obviously you know i don't want to bring it to politics but did, there's did. been a change in administration and you know of course they want to bump up the, the new president saying he's doing a good job we're finally getting over the hump so they're going to probably underreport just make themselves look a little bit better. Hey, how many episodes did we do where we talked about this? Hey, election's going to come. Mm-hmm. The number's probably going to look better. Things are going to yeah. kind of be changing. We we didn't predict it. We don't have a black crystal ball. We just kind of are aware of what's happening and how things play out. And mm-hmm. it, it seems like it's exactly going according to plan, right? Yeah. And now the question is, and the people are asking, is like, what's going to happen? When are we going to reopen? When are going to decrease measures, right? Well, slowly we are because we just read online, Utah is, is getting rid of the, the mask mandate. There's states out there that are saying that masks aren't necessary anymore. And some states are even saying that, hey, we finally reached a threshold of starting to do schools now and starting to do, do sports and other activities. Yeah, so North Dakota was that first mm-hmm. state that made public masks technically illegal, mm-hmm. where they took, I'm sorry, it, it's going to be illegal in the future if they mandate them on a federal level but they removed them from the public to wear them, meaning it's not necessary, not mandatory. So slowly we're moving in the right direction. Do, I, do we think this is gonna happen you know, quickly? Probably not, it's probably gonna take a little bit. And I wonder where this new normal is gonna be, you know, or what the new normal is gonna be. We could for sure say that the new normal is going to be more remote learning, more remote jobs, more work from home. And like beyond that, I'm not really sure. Do I think masks, masks are going to be mandatory? I don't think so. I think it's going to be a choice for us to wear masks now because it's more common. And we're going to see a lot of people shift from no mask to mask. There's still going to be that kind of divide, you could say, between maskers and non-maskers, if you, if you want to say that. But I don't think there's going to be like a requirement for masks anymore. It's going to be your choice. No, I hope so, because mm-hmm. look at the, the whole vaccine situation, correct? Which is still kind of tricky. We're trying to get kids back in school, right? So I know the CDC is trying to release guidelines what is the most effective when I actually found some five universal ways that they're going to implement strategies for essentially delivering safe in-person education. Mm-hmm. So I could go over that in a little bit, but yeah. So my question is, is if masks won't be mandatory, will vaccines be? Because there's already such an oppression towards them that the government is implementing, whether it's with flight travel, what if in 2022, we're going to do that for, festivals and things like that. What In Israel, I feel like it's already kind of happening where they're saying it's so important and society is getting so well, you know, adjusted to the vaccines that they're going to create oppression for the non, uh, non 
I don't want to call them anti-vaxxers, but the people that just simply decide that, hey, I'm healthy, I don't need this, um, this vaccine. vaccine. I mean, I hope there is just a giant switch. I hope it doesn't turn into one of these things where there's going to be some kind of a proof of vaccination that you have to carry around or a proof of vaccination to enter an airport or fly. Yeah. That would suck because then, like we said it before, that's, that does not become a choice anymore. If you're saying, hey, you could either choose to get vaccinated and not vaccinated, but if you don't get vaccinated, we're going to see these restrictions on you. But that's not your choice anymore because you're already setting restrictions. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is what's crazy to me. And correct me if I'm wrong, but is it insane? Because what, what's wrong with the government that's telling perfectly healthy people to inject themselves with a foreign substance in order to win back their basic freedoms? Mm-hmm. That sounds that sounds extremely dangerous to me, for for my own civil liberties. So, like you know, who's a who's a crazy one here? Yeah. Where I'm a completely healthy person, all of a sudden this happened. Now I have to win back my ability to go to concerts, which was before just a personal choice. Now it's going to be a decision whether or not I have this vaccine card or whatever, whatever digital uh, proof I need to present mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah. And that sounds crazy to me. That that's wow. That would that would definitely suck. But have you noticed that there wasn't any talk about the flu or flu shots at all? You know, isn't it flu shot season? Shouldn't we have got our flu shots already? From October to March every year. Yeah, there were, no one's talking about the flu shots. You know, everyone's talking about this COVID vaccine. What happened to the flu? Yeah, especially every single year in nursing, mandatory flu shots. You need mandatory flu right. shots. That's gone now. For some reason, no one's talking about it. Are we gonna like bring it up? Like maybe at the end of March now or beginning of March. I don't think I'm going to bring it up at all. It's already one month away from March. Yeah, it's already past the yeah. development of a new strain. Flu season, there was no flu season. It's just COVID-19 season year round. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like possibly they're going to have it be like a flu shot where slowly they're going to say, hey, healthcare workers should receive this COVID-19 vaccine because it's going to protect, you know, what they work with, things like that. But I'm not sure how common flu spread is in a hospital or how, how it was prior to the mandatory vaccines. That'd be cool of things to look at. Yeah. Like they were relating the flu shots for, for healthcare employees was flu being spread around that easily and that, and that quickly and to that, that point, that amount that we needed a vaccine for it. Cause we never looked at that, have we? No, we that have not. That was to look into. Yeah. And also like Dr. Fauci, uh, a couple of days ago, he, he went on um, CNN and he was talking about they're going to finally release some CDC recommendations for how people should be interacting for fully vaccinated people. And this is what kind of bothers me is that they're creating this, remember, illusional oppression that they're going to release guidelines for only vaccinated people. And and this is what's weird is they always use this lingo to discourage and to manipulate things. Mm -hmm. So now, or it's always like a, this side or that side? It's you with us or against us? Yeah, and now if you're vaccinated, you don't need to quarantine and all this. But if you if you think about it, the the vaccine doesn't protect you from the virus. You still have a chance of getting it. You might just not be presenting as many sim- symptomatic, you know, uh, symptoms. Yeah. Well, this kind of makes sense because then like your viral load will be less, less than right if you're not if you're not having symptoms. The yes. viral load is less, and so technically less opportunity for you to spread it. But if you're gonna start doing like these guidelines, like it's, you're going to, you have guidelines for people that don't get vaccinated, guidelines for people that have vaccinated, you're kind of imagine spreading if, us. Imagine if you're, segre- you're gonna segregate yeah. those people. Yeah, what is it gonna be like, like 
vaccine pro like restaurants like they're gonna be like you come eat here if you got the vaccine yeah. like imagine if go, it's, i don't think it's gonna go that's level i don't think america is that crazy up about this oh of you know well you, but you never know you still don't ever know do i think it's gonna be like that no i think slowly it's going to i guess yeah no pun intended die over i mean yeah slowly be, things will be back to normal yeah, between me and you man i mean it's 2 a.m right now and like I'm very confused on where things are going, man. Mm. Like the CDC has switched guidelines around like 16 different times. I'm of course blowing up the number yeah. this past year. Like, I don't know what else is going to like be implemented. Like, what are they going to do with like, for example, like kids going back to school? Like, are we gonna just like put them in these like bubbles? They're gonna have to be like socially distancing. Like technically social distancing is an 80 year old term it's an old, it's actually an 80 year old science that like started in the 1940s mm. uh, when they finally discovered like they basically took scientists finally got a first glimpse of what happens when people sneeze and they had like um, a frame of like 30,000 frames per second and they were able to see real time how far this sneeze spreads and they're able to calculate it that it's between three to three to six feet mm. and that's been the science since 1940 about this you know, theory of social distancing. We just never challenged the science. I mean, I think it makes sense, like just on like a physical perspective, the closer you are somebody, the more of a splash you're getting. And the more splash you're getting, the more, you know, particles you're going to have, right? Because if I sneeze your face right now, compared to if I'm six feet apart, then you're obviously gonna get hit harder with the, with the closer sneeze and the further sneeze, you know? Yeah, but so this, well, this article that I read was kind of uh, disproving germ theory. Mm. So that's why they're disproving this whole argument about all this. Um, and that, that's a podcast that we could totally talk, you know, I have a whole episode about germ theory. Cause that's I, mean, I don't think that germ theory is fake just because I, I can't see germs, I can't examine them. Doesn't mean they, they don't exist. Well, that's not necessarily saying that germs are fake. Mm. So what, is, what is germ theory? I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna completely describe the whole um, definition. I could go into it, but we haven't really looked into it. But, but yeah, maybe we should, we should just go to gym three on one of these episodes. Just see, what, see what's going on. Like, a lot of people think that it's a conspiracy that, that that's fake, but I've never really looked too deep into gym three about what it actually is. I'm not sh and just by the way it sounds, I think people that, that don't believe in gym three are people that don't believe that small molecules exist or small viruses exist that you get sick from them. Is that what basically you're saying? It's, a, it's an unknown evolution of the germ theory hoax. So it, mm -hmm. it's saying that it's pseudoscientific belief that, ger that germs do not cause infectious disease. That's what the, the disproving of the germ theory is. So you're saying that germs don't cause disease? That's what, that's what the, the hoax against the germ theory is saying. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's technically a conspiracy because you can't prove it. You actually can't prove either or. Because so... Uh, I don't well, want to go I, down I this rabbit hole, like, man. But in 1884, like uh, Lewis, uh, what's Lewis his name? Clark? No, Lewis Pastoral is the guy that created the model for infectious disease, correct? Mm -hmm. So now they're saying that, the, and this is where the germ, uh, the germ theory started. So now they're saying they might be den denying it where it's been um, disproven. Disproven, but, but hmm, like, do I believe it that there's viruses that purposely infect us? No, I just feel that viruses don't, they don't like i feel viruses don't care who you are like they're that's just they're just them doing their thing they're not they don't have a conscious effort of an, of an effect like it's just what they, yeah. what they cause you know we should probably look at the germ theory i'm pretty curious because that's i feel that's trending a lot now and you know anti-vaxxers were trending a lot in the beginning or 
or I think that vaccine treads every so often you hear about it, but recently it definitely popped when a, you know the COVAX actually first came out. There's a lot of people that in anti-vax community that were opposing it and things like that. So that kind of popped. But now definitely germ theory, flat earth theory is popping too. But I mean, I don't think you have to go with too in-depth in a flat earth theory, right? Because that's a bunch of foo-foo. Yeah. Germ theory, I'll be, I'll be interesting to explore just to kind of get there, get a better perspective of, of their opinion. Do I believe in germ theory? Yeah, I'm not one of those people, but maybe I'll change my mind after we look into it. Yeah, so there, there's these five keys that they're mitigating these strategies for the COVID-19 transmission is in schools. So one of them is the universal and corrective, corrective use of masks. Mm-hmm. So of course they want to implement masks. They want to implement physical distancing. They want to implement hand washing and respiratory efficacy. So of course, cover your face when you sneeze. In this case, you'd have a mask or just, you know, look away, wash mm-hmm. your hands, um, cleaning and maintaining health facilities. And they're going to do contact tracing with, this, with, with a combination of isolation and quarantine. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they're actually going to co- collaborate all, all that. How are they going to do that with students? But those are the five, you know, strategies they want to implement for reopening schools K through 12. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, president himself said that children are not likely to get the COVID vaccine. And by going to school, they shouldn't be afraid of catching it or affecting their, their parents with it and their yeah. grandparents. The president already said it himself to, you know, a young, a young girl on stage in, in public. Even if you look at the cases and everything and the deaths like they're very very low and, and that's how i feel like everything things like an infection like that because the first people to die are always going to be the more susceptible ones right it's not a disease that affects healthy people it affects people that have a lot of comorbidities a lot of already issues going on with them that are unhealthy right so slowly over time this disease should fade away because as we've seen before it doesn't kill a lot of people that are healthy individuals Right. So logically speaking, yeah, it'll trend up because more people catch it, more people die. But hopefully, ideally, as a as society moves to a health, healthier pace and the people that are most susceptible pass away and die, you know, it's going to slow down trend because the virus is going to affect other people, but it's not going to be as deadly because I guess you could say the healthier people have survived. Yeah, that mostly, that's why going back to like the deaths, that's why Cuomo basically committed a crime, man, mm-hmm. because he basically led the death to the elderly population, which is the most vulnerable population. Yeah, yeah. So that's how it is. But as we're back to Cuomo, I actually looked up a few other people that have lied to Congress, so essentially have, have lied to us. So just because they hold a position of power or a fancy title doesn't mean that they're not going to serve the best interest, right? Look at Cuomo. He literally lied about his numbers, made himself the talk of COVID-19, basically, with all the press conferences. He got a damn award for it, and it comes out, hey, he's been lying this whole time. Yeah. That's like, a, a bunch of bullshit, like, you know? And I, I'm not saying, you know, the Republicans don't lie. Like, Trump lied a bunch of times. Like, these people lie just to kind of get their best interest, get their best interest and get their, their way, because that's what they're, they're kind of in office for, right? They do politics. So that's their job. If, if Cuomo leaves the government job, what is he, he going to do? He's a politician. What is he going to do? Yeah, even, his, no. even his brother, he's in the news. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like they they maintain these you know high roles and the they do they do man they're great actors just like yeah. you said so just to name a few if you guys remember well probably not but well it depends what age you are I guess like I could say if you guys remember Watergate with with Nixon so that was literally Nixon lying to Congress about his involvement with Watergate which ultimately led to him resigning if you guys don't know what Watergate is is the Nixon campaign 
supposedly hired some people to spy on the Democrats and they broke into their office, stole a bunch of paperwork, emails, and all that stuff. And it turns out that, hey, these, these people that robbed the Democratic uh, convention were actually hired by the Nixon campaign. Yeah, which ultimately bad. led, yeah, which ultimately led to Nixon's resignation and the whole Watergate scandal. And I mean, Obama did the whole same thing when there was a transition of power to Trump. Yeah, but it was considered illegal because we've passed all these law that allows us to freaking what's it called surveillance of phones now. Yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. It's done all the time. Another interesting one that I found, you guys probably haven't heard of him because I haven't heard of it myself until I researched it. Is Harvey Matzo, and this guy was an ex-communist who had become an FBI agent. And he lied about 200 people being communists or being communist sympathizers. So basically he led 200 people to be jailed or fined unethically. And it was just a, it was just a giant lie. And he lied to Congress about it. And he wrote a book about it. That's crazy. That's kind of what's happening here. Like, you know, there's a point in time where me and Matt thought that neighbors are going to snitch neighbors for not wearing masks. Right, it got to that point where there was lockdown and you know, especially in California with the weird ass laws and stuff, people telling on each other, it was so weird. It was like almost like in the communism days. Yeah. We haven't lived through the cold war because you know, we're not, we're not as, as old, but you know, just, just because you know, we're not living through the cold war, haven't experienced it, doesn't mean we can't think of this being like the like the Cold War ways, right? Correct. You know, so it's interesting to just kind of look back at things. It's pretty scary, man. Yeah, the only way I get like ideas of how communism is just talking to my grandparents and seeing how like Poland behaved, you know, and how they had to stand in line just like we did. And everything was on notes on like paper where you turn things in, you get like a pound of meat mm. and everything was scarce. And that, that's what, the, yeah, and that's like one thing where like what communism does, like it makes you kind of turn against your neighbor and everything, you know, is to the state in a way. Yeah, you don't own anything. And I thought I looked into, so it was pretty interesting. His name was Casper Weinberger and he was the former defense secretary and he actually got indicted on felony charges in 1992 because he lied to Congress about his role in the Iran-Contra scandal during the Reagan administration where they basically sold arms to the Iranian government to support a militant rebellion in Nicaragua. So basically they sold arms <laughs> to sold a rebel arms. group so they could stir some shit up and then kind of push law their way. So then the U.S. could, you know, form a little, like a little stronghold in, in Nicaragua. Because wow. you know? then, so with some of these rebellions, a lot of these countries fund these smaller country rebellions and then they put a political figure in power that supports their laws, you know, their ideology and things like that. And then they kind of, collaborate and you know that's how countries grow in power without actually taking over the territory and that's what blows our mind is that that ha this happens all the time in different states and we're just like so you know like blind to the way propaganda works and it, ha it happens in so many different countries and yeah just like i i think america was involved in the whole operation fast and furious where we we're selling weapons to the the cartel the cartels and stuff like that yeah but that's just getting you know like it's that story gets hidden very quick yeah, there was a, I was with Joe Rogan, and he was talking about, I don't know who he had interviewed, but they were talking about a bunch of military people that got caught shipping guns across Mexican border. Wow. So what they would do is, because when you cross Mexican border from US to Mexico, you don't get searched really. You just cross and it's not, not as big of a process as it is coming from Mexico to the US. So they would just take a bunch of guns and they would drive to Mexico and then they would sell them and they would come back with cash or, or he would tell a story where they would come back with drugs, drugs and, and cash. 
Yeah, this is they, the U.S. military. This is the people in the U.S. military. They would bring them guns, and they will repay them with, with cash and drugs. Wow. And they would bring that back over. You know, and that's crazy, dude. Like, that, that, that goes on because it happens. It's human nature. Like, people see opportunity, and it's not necessarily a choice that me and you would make, but people love money and they love power. Like, imagine how big of a rush they get sun guns to Mexico, dude. That's wild, man. That'd be, yeah. That's all you got to do is take some guns, drive it across Mexico, and you're making millions of dollars. Hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you bring that back. Yeah. And it's like, what is the military doing now where things are a little bit quieter? I know, I know things are getting external, but I feel like everything is kind of turning away from foreign affairs and everything is going very domestic. Mm. Like, on the news right now, everything is like towards white extremism, racism. You know, we need to protect the people of our country from all these, like right-wing extremists like that's all that you're hearing it's like you know we're going into this um i mean I, we're not going to go into a civil war i hope now but it's just like we're going we're the american people are just going against each other man more and more it's it's i always say it's weird times like it, it just it is what it is it's just like part of i don't want to say human nature but i feel like the system just creates us to hate each other to be angry and just be fearful constantly man yeah just like we talked about that drop in covid cases right 74 percent, man like not even a hurrah not even that that's when i see things like this that's like that what like brings me over the edge that i'm like man like some of this shit's just bullshit well then, then flip it around how would you feel if it was all over the news and that's all they're talking about they're dropping covid we would, be, we would be like we'd be saying like you know we talking shit too. You, why don't, you, you, give, why don't way, you give the human population some? No, I'm saying we be talking happiness. shit. Happiness. I mean, they could be happy, but you know, I'm not taking away happiness. I'm just saying the perspective that we take sometimes, because we are a little biased sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this this episode's very biased. We're just chatting. Some, we're just chatting out of our ass. Yeah, well, I think it's very biased. Like, you know, because I, I think about it, I feel like if they did have this all around do is like. 70% drop in, in C19, you know, things like that. We'd probably be talking a little bit of shit too. Like, where does drop come from? How does drop happen? Which, which, is, which is good too, because, you know, we, we kind of look at the point that they bring up, yeah. right? So we kind of try to figure out, not, we're not necessarily always against the media, but we try to figure out their perspective and why they're pushing this perspective. Yeah, so we always kind of tackle, we're always kind of like the devil in the room, you know, like trying to, to flip their, their opinion because, you know, We'd like to see everything from all angles. Of course. That's what I feel like. Yeah. So, but my, back to my thing, I'm just saying, like, yeah, if there's like 70%, right? Why can't we celebrate anything? Like, no, nothing that has been going on this past year, like, we're celebrating something positive. Why can't we leave the, the, the restrictions, right? Yeah, it's like, dude, okay, there is, um, I looked this up, there's 19.44 million people in the United States right now that are fully vaccinated. That's great. So. You know, the U.S. population is 320 million. I mean, that number is still small to where we have to get. Mm. I think, what is the estimates for herd immunity? Somewhere from 55 to 72%. Yeah. So, you know, that's, I think that'd be good. That'd be a good way if we had, like, some kind of marker towards, like, hey, this is our goal. But but who said that, that number, 55 or 72%? Like, who said the number? What if it's, like, not a really strong disease or not or really not a strong infection where so, we don't really need that much, you know? Who says these numbers? So, and that's the thing. You know? These scientists exactly don't know what percentage herd immunity needs to be established. Because remember how there's a different percentage for, percentage for like, um, like measles compared to, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what I want to compare it to, 
but every single disease and vac or virus has a different threshold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, we were comparing a couple episodes ago. Yeah, so the thing is like, so the fifty-five. It's a made-up number, technically. Yeah, well, yeah but the fifty-five and seventy-two percent is that how much people need vaccinated or how much people need immune? Because there's like twenty million people that are vaccinated. Imagine how many people are already immune to it. You know, we might we might be already at fifty percent. If we're spiking down that hard, and these are actual numbers, and still reported the same way as they were before then I would think we're, we're over there, right? If you have a 70% drop in cases. Yeah. Right? You come to the same conclusion, right? Sounds, we have the, this big ass drop. I'm pretty sure we're reading that threshold. So this probably got to push vaccines to either one, kind of make it like a a double check. Well, it's a business know? at this or, point too, or, yeah, right? or they want to make some money. <laughs> you know, those are two reasons. Either like, they want to be extra careful or they want to make some more money. Right. If, you, if you're part of the vaccine manufacturer, you're not going to per- push natural herd, herd immunity because that's just gonna decrease your dollars less vials less money in your pocket right you know what they're gonna say they're gonna say we don't count natural immunity because we don't know how to evaluate it yeah we can't put a price we can't on right that. Like, we don't know how to evaluate if you have natural immunity and there's too much for you to evaluate so we're just going to push for you guys to get this vaccine because that's easier to count and get your money you know what i'm saying because that's a it's a shot and a, a check mark next to your name and a dollar in our pocket you know Exactly. It's easier. And, and that's why I am the unvaccinated control group. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of trying to do my part here being the control group. That's what I'm saying, yeah. And, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. And I'm glad that I have the ability to stand up against what other people think. And we challenge these views. Yeah. We do it live on a podcast. I've, I'll do it live when I interact with people. And I feel like people respect my opinion for it, yeah. at least on a external level. They might not like it. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I just hope that we, just like I always say, man, hopefully get to some kind of norm. And what is that norm? Though? That's that's the thing, man. When you look at these big governments, um, the whole George Orwell 1984 thing has been pushed around a lot, too. It's like, how much more of our freedom are we going to get back now? Yeah. That's, we'll that's the question that we always ask ourselves from, you know, 9-11 to where we are at now. Only time will tell. And there's another war coming, you know, what Bill Gates said, right? There's a war with climate control right now. That's there's always uh, a war. There's always that's, a war that's for the, something. There's, that's like the next transition. Like, there's, like, just like you say, there's always war. There was in Iraq. There was Al-Qaeda for years. Now there's a war with the virus. Now there's going to be a war for climate change. It's like we're always trying to, you know, battle, battle something. Right. Always. That's a wrap, I think. You can wrap it up. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to check out our Patreon, Debt Loud, in the subscription. We really appreciate it. We have some cool content out there for you guys. And also, don't forget to donate for the Fight for the Forgotten. Us Foundation, we're doing the 4x4 48. Buy yourself a David Goggins t shirt. Buy yourself a Fight for the Forgotten t shirt. More importantly, donate. If you want to donate through us, if you don't want to donate through us because you don't like us for some reason, then you can just donate on the website. That easy. Donate something. Peace out. Peace, guys.